oh wow so there were 500 people that registered to attend this event yes yes okay so okay this is this is crazy out of those 500 people veronica how many of them were like icp fit perfect customers yeah so mm -hmm. that's a good question um so fortunately we noticed that probably like i'd say 80 percent were very legitimate leads wow yeah (laughs) welcome to the show me the data podcast by leads where every week we get marketing and sales leaders from fast-growing b2b tech companies to share specific tactics they use to drive revenue for their business the best part they share the exact metrics and data points behind each of their tactics. I'm your host, Tukhan Das, the co-founder and CEO of Leadsir. See you there. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Veronica French. Veronica is the Director of Demand Generation at Replicant.ai. Welcome to the show, Veronica. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Tukhan. Awesome. So I guess I, I looked up Replicant.ai and it is super cool. The, the video that you guys have on your website is phenomenal. It felt so futuristic. It felt like I'm in Minority Report. It, it, yeah. It's so cool. So can you tell for the sake of the audience, uh, just a high level overview of what you guys do? Yeah. Um, I love Minority Report reference there. Our name is very appropriate as well. I think uh, the Blade True. Runner theme. Yeah. Um, yeah. So at a high level, we are an autonomous contact center. So we power uh, customer service conversations with voice AI. And our whole aim is that our technology is really at the forefront of conversational design Mm -hmm. so that conversations feel natural. Uh, You don't feel like you have to be talking in robot speak. You can talk in your natural voice. You can have slang. You can have different accents and it'll speak to you normally back and fully resolve your issues. So uh, it's really exciting space to be in. I've been in the contact center space before. Mm-hmm. Um, this is new and exciting technology, and we're working with some exciting customers. So it's it's some cool stuff for sure. It is cool is the term that I would use. <laughs> it is super cool. Great. So I guess, so before we get into the specific campaign that you, you guys ran, uh, Veronica, I noticed you joined this company in December of last year. Correct. Um, so one question that we are asking our guests is, you know, as the director of demand gen, what did your first... 90 days. I, I know it's been more like 180 days, but what did your first 90 days look like? Yeah, yeah. I think with entering any role, um, the way I like to approach it is first you uh, take some time, especially at least like a week, two weeks of just going super deep into recon. You want to understand the business really well, listen into every sales call that you can. I set up meetings with everybody on the team and ask them what's working, what's not working, what do you wish we could be doing? Um, and just like have building that relationship with folks as well and mm. and, and putting a face to, to everyone to, to let them know also that you are here to be of service, especially as a marketer to the sales team. Um, we don't want to be in isolation. We just do our own thing. No, like marketing, your success is my success and vice versa. So building that relationship, getting an understanding of uh, where we are, where we want to go, and everyone's individual perspective. I think everyone can be a marketer, not just marketing. Um, Everyone has great ideas. A lot of our ideas have come from other teams. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, that's the first step, I think, is is getting a lay of the land, if you will. Um, Then the next step is 
as, as a demand person in demand, and I've done functions in growth, digital marketing, kind of had to wear all hats in a lot of uh, different startup functions as well. Yeah. So you come with this toolkit, if you will, of all these different channels you could be trying out, mm-hmm. um, organic stuff, uh, paid stuff. Um, you can try out different tactics that have worked in the past. So you have this like map, if you will, of all yeah. these different things you can be doing and using. But now it's like, okay, well, what, based off of what I heard, what should we prioritize now? What can we start testing out now? What will we test out later? Mm-hmm. And building out kind of that roadmap. Um, and so that's what we started doing is building out a roadmap and then uh, aligning. Once you build out the roadmap and you've decided what you want to work on and, and, and try out first, it's aligning with the team and making sure, is this the right approach? Mm-hmm. Adjusting and making sure everyone's in agreement. And then from there, it's just testing out and testing, yeah. testing, testing, and, and seeing what's working. I love it. So I guess there's a follow-up question to that. So you mentioned that you come with a map, sort of like a playbook, and you figure out mm-hmm. which channels work. So what are the channels at Replicant that you are using to drive demand currently? Yeah. So right now we took an approach. We're still a pretty young company. Uh, we are very lucky that we have a good number of cu- uh, customers already, but we're still kind of building that category creation. Yes. So um, we are in early stages. So we want to do a couple things that are may not be typical of a m- more mid-sized or enterprise company. So we're taking baby steps. So the first one is let's immediately help the sales team. And that is number one. So we could be doing all kinds of lead gen stuff, but at the end of the day, we want to help the sales team close deals. So our main focus was working with the sales team on more an account-based approach. Mm -hmm. Um, And hence we built out some events, did some direct mail and built out content and presentations um, for specific accounts and specific people that our sales teams were talking to. Got it. Um, yeah. So, so, so then the, the process was basically the sales team gave you a list of target accounts and, and, and within them, you, you, you helped them run some account-based marketing and, and sales plays on that. We actually um, are taking a, a different approach. Mm-hmm. I've, I, I, we've done ABM before and I've done it in different organizations. And usually that's where you start. You start with your target account list, your towel. Yeah. Yeah. And then you chop it up, you tier it, yeah. you prioritize accounts. Yeah. Um, since we are su- in such a new space, mm-hmm. we don't want to limit ourselves and say, okay, we know these are the accounts we want to go to. Um, we want to keep our, our market broad as we gain yeah. learnings and see what's working for different accounts, different industries, different personas. Mm-hmm. So the way we did limit it to is just, okay, we let's narrow it down to six industries we know based of our uh, our our price point what kind of deal size and then mm-hmm. hence what kind of company size we should be working with to reach economies of scale and then we also know which geos so we just limited it to that um, but the account base where we were working with the sales team was actually on opportunities and prospects they were already talking to or mm. ones that they knew that they wanted to talk to in their territory so um very kind of uh bespoke and ad hoc, if you will, as yeah. we gain learnings. And then we eventually are going to build out a target account list. Got it. Got it. So, and how big is that initial list or, or set of companies that you were going after, Ernika, roughly? Uh, it's probably in the 
2,000, maybe 2,000, 3,000. But then when we narrow down to the, the ones that we do a lot more bespoke stuff for, that mm -hmm. will get down to a few hundred, Makes sense. maybe 500, yeah. Got it, got it. Cool. So now let's, let's talk about this uh, experiential events that you are doing. Mm -hmm. Would you say that is a part of like the account-based strategy to help sales get traction within these accounts? Yes, exactly. So we actually started these, um, we tested them out first with very small, intimate events. I think with COVID, everything was moving to online. It was really yep. hard to build those intimate uh, interpersonal yep. relationships. Yep. Yep. And so a lot of folks were doing this, these like virtual wine tastings. And that's yep. what we started with. We did uh, a sparkling wine tasting with a vineyard in Napa. And it was a small gathering. We had, we invited about 30 people and um, maybe 15 showed up. So it was a very intimate group. We didn't really have a lot of structure to it. So it was 30 minutes of wine tasting and then 30 minutes just like networking, um, which was Virtual, a great- was all done virtually. Like all done virtually. Mm -hmm. huh. And it, it worked really well in terms of, we saw folks being very comfortable speaking. We had two customers on the call uh, uh, during the event. And they were essentially advocating for us and, and, and uh, were selling for us, which was amazing. Mm -hmm. um, and we didn't even ask them to. It just yeah. like organically happened. And so based off of that small pilot, we, we thought, okay, what would it look like if we did these kind of intimate tastings, if we made them bigger and if we opened it up? A lot of these events have a high price point uh, for especially wine to mail out wine to folks in advance. That can be $100, $150. Yep. Um, so we wanted to try out and see what would it look like if we were to expand this to uh, a broader audience? Would there be interest? How expensive would that look like? Um, what uh, what would be the, the outcomes of it? So it was purely test mode. And so we sent out wine to... Uh, 30 people and that budget was around $4,000. So mm -hmm. I said, let, let's try with $4,000, a, a more cost-effective event. So we did a chocolate tasting yes. um, and that ended up being $40 a kit okay. to send out. So then we could send it to a hundred people. Yep. So, so we start, we're like, we sit, we set up the, the time for this event and we just decide let's go ham and invite everybody. And, and that's where we, we, we saw some interesting outcomes. Um, we're we're going to come to that. I, I have a yeah. few questions now. So, so this is, we are going to talk about the specific chocolate tasting event, which sounds mm -hmm. amazing. Um, so, so you, 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 you aim to reach out to a hundred people like that was the target. That was the um, kind of stretch goal. We stretch said we goal. got 15 people last time we yeah. invited 30. Yeah. If we get close to a hundred, that's going to be amazing. Yeah. Realistically, like maybe we'll get 50. Increase. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and this was also done all virtual. Yes. Not in person. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so now walk me through this process. What, what tools did you use? Tech tools did you use to help you host, uh, well, host and also send out the gifts? What, what did you use? Yeah. So we actually did it very, very raw. Um, okay. We used Zoom and okay. we used uh, our HubSpot. We have HubSpot for our CRM and marketing automation. Okay. So we use that for our, our forms and our landing page. And then for the actual um, working with the vendor, 
it was literally just going to Google and searching all kinds of different chocolate uh, tasting, virtual talk chocolate tastings. And our big thing is also we wanted to look for uh, we I'm really keen on looking for like family owned businesses, mm-hmm. small businesses, intimate businesses, especially during COVID. A lot of people Absolutely. were hurting. Yeah. And so that was one thing we looked for. So we found this amazing family in uh, Miami who had built out this business from scratch and they were super passionate about the chocolate. And you could tell in the tasting in the virtual tasting, how passionate they were. Um, okay. So that's, yeah. that's, that's great. So you didn't really use any fancy gifting tools or anything no. like that to host all mm-hmm. of this. Mm-mm. Okay. Now in HubSpot, so the people that you reached out to, um, your goal stretch was to get hundred. How many people did you originally reach out to, to, to get to hundred? Yeah. So traditionally, um, when I, when I've done, for example, like webinars in the past, yes. yeah. um, you usually tap into your email database. That's yeah. been my traditional uh, yeah. approach. You, yeah. you say, okay, we're going to invite, let's say 10,000 people that, based on open rate, click-through rate and landing page conversion rate. We are hoping for 50 to hundred yeah. signups, right? With this event, we took a little bit of a different approach. So because the first time around we knew there was an interest with these seasoned executives um, in, in across different industries, and it was the account reps who were reaching out to them, what we did is we actually leveraged LinkedIn events uh, and event pages for our outreach. The interesting, the, the reason why it actually ended up working well was, so we published our page, our event page on LinkedIn events. So it was a, okay. in a LinkedIn event page. Sure. And what made it so effortless is that the, then I went to the sales team or all of our account reps and our SDRs, and it's just a one, two uh, call to action. They can invite, they click invite connections. Yeah. They have the list there and then they bup, 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 and they go through all of their prospects and all the folks that they're talking to and connected to on huh. LinkedIn. And so we had like that hundreds of people being invited. And okay. then we reached up to like 500 people actually registering on the LinkedIn event page. Oh, wow. So there were 500 people that registered to attend this event. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, okay. This is, this is crazy. Uh, <laughs> so you didn't, you, this is amazing. So, you, you, so you didn't do any email marketing. It was through purely LinkedIn and the sales reps were reaching out. Correct. And they we did were... a sprinkle of email, but um, but okay. the majority of signups were from the LinkedIn event. And these are like connections of the sales reps or these are cold people that fit those buyer personas or target account lists? Yes, yeah, so that's a good question. It, you can only invite your own connections. So I we see. were relying on our cumulative network based off I of see. all of our account reps and okay. even like our senior execs and things like that. Okay. So, mm-hmm. so now you have 500 people registered, but you had planned for 100 people do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing the chocolate boxes were also planned for that. Mm-hmm. So how did you manage to say to the 400 that you're not going to come or, or how did, what, what happened there? So the, there's um, an interesting kind of conundrum that ended up happening, a good conundrum. Yeah. Sure. But um, so, and one thing I will say about like the, the, the LinkedIn event page also is that you can see who else is registered. And yes. so there was like a snowball effect Absolutely. of like, we saw some like senior C-level execs from giant airlines, uh, giant food industry companies who were registered for this. And we're, we're, we're still a small company. And so we were just blown away, but it was that snow, snowball effect of you see other execs, you see Colleagues, other yeah, titles. 100%. Exactly. 
there's a social um, proof right there. That's brilliant. exactly. Yeah. Whereas yeah. like you don't get that a lot when you sign up through a landing page. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so we had 500 people on the page. However, we have to mail out these kits to folks yeah. and yeah. people aren't in an office. They're at home. That's right. Um, so we need to make that uncomfortable ask of give me your personal home oh, address. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, so that that's where we had to get a little bit a bit more crafty. So what we did is we um, through the LinkedIn events, you can actually export your registration list, their email sure. addresses. Yep. And then with that email address, I, we would send out an email. You're registered. Now we just need your address to get your kit to you. And so we try to make it uh, like connect the dots of we're not just cold emailing you. Yep you've already registered for this. We just need yep. to get you your kits. Okay. And so then that's where we got about 200 people to actually fill out the form and their get their addresses. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, and th so those 200 people got the, got the kit delivered mm -hmm. to them. Mm -hmm. And what about the other 300 people? Because if they didn't sign up with their, with their address or give you the address, they mm -hmm. wouldn't be able to attend the uh, event or they could, but they still wouldn't just get the kit. Yeah. So what we did is we, um, we sent out, we, cause we had that full list of 500. We did a couple of things for them. So one is we invited them all to the calendar event manually. We like yeah. invite them all. So it's on their calendar. And then we also added it as the, uh, the zoom link in the, the event as the, uh, broadcast link. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we set out notifications and alerts of like the countdown to the event and the event is starting soon. So maybe you didn't get your kit because you didn't sign up, yeah. um, but you can still attend the event because we're going to have actually some thought leadership there. And that's one of the things that we do at this event is that it's a tasting paired with thought leadership for our target audience. Amazing. And for the thought leaders, did you have customers, like some of your customers to speak or who, who did you guys a mix. We've had customers speak, but we also um, had people who registered or folks that we wanted to talk to. Um, I did some cold outreaching to get people to join and, and be panelists. Oh, wow. Um, yes. That is so cool. So, and, and this was, how long was this event, Veronica? Like, was it an hour long? So it's an hour long event and okay. we do um, 30 minutes of the tasting at first. Okay. Our, and our key is we do no no sales pitch whatsoever. We don't have slides on Replicant. We don't yeah. have a, a sales pitch on Replicant. Uh, our moderator, he he briefly mentions this is hosted by Replicant. We are XYZ and then um, moves on to the actual event. But that is absolutely it. So we it's very non-salesy. So yeah. the first half is the tasting. And then the second half, we kick off what we call a CX panel. Um, mm -hmm. We're in the contact center space. So it's customer experience is really important. Yeah. Um, so we'll have a CX panel, we'll have a topic and, um, and then we'll select our panelists and prep them on the topic so that they can, can speak to it. Great. Okay. So now let's, let's go to the real bottom of the funnel. Let's talk about some metrics. So, so you reach out to 200 people, um, you know, roughly $40 a kit. So that's $8,000. That's your mm -hmm. budget. Well, that's your spend uh, mm -hmm. at a minimum. So out of those 500 people, Veronica, how many of them were like ICP fit, perfect customers? Yeah, so, mm -hmm. yeah, that's a good question. Um, so fortunately, we noticed that probably like I'd say 80% were very legitimate leads. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> 
which we're very lucky because yeah. um, I will share, like, for example, like we've done for certain webinars, yeah. we will pair it with, uh, we're doing this webinar during lunchtime, have lunch on us, and we'll send them a $25 Postmates gift card, yeah. for example. Yeah. With that, we notice a lot of students sometimes yeah. sharing it with their friends, and then it yeah. ends up being like half yeah. of the list is yes. not legitimate. So like 80% were legitimate leads. Wow. So like 400 people out of those 500 were legitimate leads that yes. signed up. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk a little bit about what, what's the down funnel impact on that from your pipeline after that event happened? Yeah, absolutely. So we worked really closely with our AEs and our SDR team. So for the AEs that they knew the account, they were already having conversations with them. Um, we asked them to attend the, the event and then follow up with the folks and ask them, how did it go? What'd you think? And, yep. um, and so just like build that relationship further. Yep. Um, and then with the SDRs, we had them try to set up meetings afterwards and also start warming up those people in advance. So in advance, they'll connect with them on LinkedIn, reach out to them and be like, oh, we're so excited for you to attend. Can't wait to see you there. That's Got it. it. Yeah. Then after it's the give and take, you know, and so then afterwards they, they ask for the meeting. So what we saw out of it was we got about, I think it was 28 or 30 meetings from uh-huh. uh, the event. So with the math, it ended up being, we ended up sending out just over uh, 200 kits. I think we, our budget was around like 10 K ended up being, so we got 30 meetings. So that's like $300 a meeting meeting with an ICP fit customer. Exactly. And yeah. so that was huge. And then after that, of those meetings, we got 10 opportunities. Incredible. So that's $1,000 an opportunity. Exactly. And what was awesome about it was, which we didn't realize that this would be um, an outcome of these events, was that we received, um, we, uh, out of the 500 people, uh, I believe 250 or 300 of them were net new contacts. Huh. So we were paying essentially that's like $30 a lead yep. for like an ICP lead, which that's like is crazy. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. really in B2B, like you're looking at more like a hundred, 200. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so. Okay. So this is, this is amazing. So I guess we are almost at the end of the time here. Do you think Veronica, this based on the success that you have seen with this uh, unique event, are is, is that now going to be part of your strategy moving forward to host these kind of bespoke events? Absolutely. And it is, we've, um, since then we've had a coffee tasting, we've had a cocktail making class. We're having a barbecue class Mm. coming up and we have in the works a couple more like whiskey tasting, a honey tasting, which I'm super excited about. Okay. Um, Okay. And I'm guessing cheese tasting would be another interesting. Yes, absolutely. And does a time difference play a role? Uh, because people are all over. Um, that's a good question. So we actually usually do ours in the evening ish, especially if there's alcohol involved, we try to have specific (laughs) time on like 4 PM and then, um, Eastern will be at either seven seven, or we'll do three to six. Um, otherwise with the coffee one, we tried that out. We're like, okay, let's see what the turnout is. If we do this in the, in the morning. Mm -hmm. So we did 9 AM Pacific noon Eastern, and we had just a successful turnout. That's amazing. And, and you are primarily then targeting folks in US for now. 
or not? And Canada. And, and Canada. Canada. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. make, that makes sense. And how frequently are you doing these events? Like once a month now or what's the frequency? We try to space it out about a month and a half out. A that gives half. us enough wiggle time to build the momentum of uh, getting folks to register. Because it takes about, uh, you need buffer time of like two to three weeks to mail, uh, the to gift, mail right? them out and make yeah, sure they yeah, arrive yeah. on time. Mm-hmm. And what was the feedback from the guest, both from, I guess, the content mm-hmm. and also the experience of tasting chocolate uh, while having a chat? Folks love it. So what's yeah. awesome about the tastings is everyone goes crazy in the chat of Zoom. And that's a great, actually, mm. um, kind of lubricant to the uh, panel that we have afterwards. Exactly. Because during it, everyone, everyone's saying, oh, this tastes like this, or I, I sense uh, notes of bitterness or fruity. And then afterwards during the panel, people are already like, accustomed yeah, yeah, yeah. they're yeah. like almost friendly at that point like they know each mm-hmm. other that's exactly. awesome this yeah. is this is fascinating uh veronica thank you so much for sharing all these very specific insights and and this this whole strategy is brilliant what replicant does is super cool as i said you know Bla- as you mentioned blade runner minority yeah. report and it's only fitting that you guys are doing something cool like this from a demanded <laughs> perspective Again, thank you so much for coming thank on, you too, Anita, and, and sharing your insights. Thanks My a pleasure. Lot. My pleasure. Yeah.